We call ourselves the elite. If not us, who? A little bit of the bubbly. And if not now, when? We don't care about race or gender or sex or religion. If you're an elite athlete, we want you. This is an official declaration of war. Change the world. We are going to change the whole universe. This is a family. This is a revolution. We can never stop. We For the 156th time, it's Tuesday morning, and you know what that means, it's time for the next chapter of the only professional wrestling podcast that is changing the world every week. This is Seeing the Elite, an AEW podcast. I am your host, Bryce Reed. I am joined by my friend, my co-host, my tag team partner, Mr. Jonathan Davis. What's up, dude? If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Jonathan and I are two friends, fans, lovers of professional wrestling, and this show posts every single Tuesday morning with all the latest goings on from our uh, friends over there at All Elite Wrestling. And let me tell you, that's only thanks to our supporters over on Patreon. We have a Patreon. It's $5 a month. You get extended versions of each week's episode of STE by at least 30 minutes uh, of extended uh, discussion on all manner of range of topics. Uh, as well as getting to watch the show live and special uh, perks within our Discord community. That's all over there at seeingtheelite.com, uh, uh, patreon.com slash seeingtheelite. And, uh, and thank you uh, so much for those of you that do contribute. Take care of yourselves first, as we always say, but the money does really help the show, and all of it just goes back into bringing this show to you uh, live and, and, uh, and ad free every single week, which is, uh, a, a privilege for us, uh, as much to create it as it is, uh, for you guys to support. Thank you so much for those that do. This is, yeah. How else are we going to buy all the jars for the fart oh jars? Oh my gosh. We got to, so we got to, we got to, those things are expensive. Pay these people. foot photographers. We got to, you know, we got to pay for all this bath water. How, how are we going to do it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is not a sports entertainment show. It's an entertaining sports show hearkened by fans like you from all over the world on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and podcast services everywhere. Subscribe, review, give us five stars. It makes us feel so sweet. Jonathan, how sweet? Too sweet, buddy. If you need anything related to this show, including the Patreon, including the Discord, which we've talked about, shout out to our champ, the Bearded Boss. It's all at seeingtheelite.com uh, to get up there. And please, come in, come into the Discord. That's the party. That's where everything's happening. And uh, it's the true uh, lifeblood of this endeavor, uh, our little community over there, the greatest community in all of pro wrestling. But we're going to start this show as we always do with a quote uh, and I'm quoting here an AEW press not release. A quote. This is a press well, release. Well, hey, yeah. a press. Re- I am <laughs> quoting a press release, <laughs> but I want to talk about it because AEW is primed to release their very first uh, album of recorded music. 
uh, by uh, in in physical form at the very least. Uh, CD only, unfortunately, well, which is surprising in this day and age. It's also dumb as shit. I think they'd um, fucking they sell should've. a whole lot of vinyl records if they put them out. Fuck but. yeah, they would. Um, let's also preface: they could have easily made probably four CDs or records by now with just entrance themes. absolutely and those uh, those entrance themes have been released as digital singles everywhere so the the yeah. this is not the first instance of aew music being made available these are not entrance themes even for what it's worth but it is a cool and interesting project as we're going to talk about here um and uh, so i but i did just want to note uh when I say it's their first uh, uh, release of music in a physical format, that's at least true. It's not their first release of music. Mm-hmm. They've released a bunch of these things. So, uh, I mean, yeah, they, they've done this before. It's, but like as an album, yeah, it's the first one. I but now I do agree. Like they, I don't know why they decided to put this on CDs. Like even like a limited vinyl press would have sold out immediately. Yeah, it would have been really tough to get. People would have bought it regardless of whether or not any of these will be any good, which is the big question mark because yeah. the press release doesn't directly explain what these are Anything. all the way. Nothing at all. Uh, which is kind of nice that it's kind of a big question mark, but it's something I think they could have I think they could have sold records for 40 bucks and I think they would have sold them. Um, which is crazy. <laughs> so uh to we're gonna start here quote uh to commemorate the beginning of black history month aew revealed the upcoming release of who we are a celebration of excellence volume one a compilation album that will bring to life the stories of more than 30 Oh, sorry, have more than 20 black AEW wrestlers through the music of established hip hop and R&B artists. Executive producer by AEW, executive produced by AEW's in-house producer Mikey Ruckus, the promotion's first ever full-length compilation LP, which is a little misleading, uh, will feature an introduction even from <laughs> legendary funk musician Bootsy Collins with proceeds from CD sales benefiting the Bootsy Collins Foundation. Who We Are, A Celebration of Excellence Volume 1 will be released on Friday, February 18th, initially available exclusively in hard, co- hard copy format with pre-orders now open on shopaew.com featuring 21 tracks the album includes contributions from artists such as john connor mega ran brinson omega sparks montesi josiah williams aew's own max castor and sunny kiss and many more in developing the project, Ruckus utilized his previous experience working hand-in-hand with AEW's roster to curate their entrance music, pairing wrestlers with producers and artists to tell their stories in a unique collaborative format. Quote, one key aspect of my role in AEW is to deliver a multifaceted audio experience for fans that delves into the essence of the characters they see on screen every week, as well as the stories behind the individuals who bring these characters to life, end quote. Said Mikey Ruckus, music producer at AEW, quote, who we are is like a bunch of 30 for 30 episodes for AEW's black wrestlers. Releasing this project during Black History Month in a format that is authentic to the culture and resonates in a familiar manner. 
while allowing these incredible talents to share their personal journeys is a spe- is special for everyone involved, end quote. Who We Are, A Celebration of Excellence Volume 1 will be released on streaming platforms in the near future, and its initial exclusive hard copy launch will directly benefit the Bootsy Collins Foundation, which Ruckus and AEW's community outreach team identified as a viable partner during the development of the album. The Bootsy Collins Foundation works to inspire, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals from all backgrounds through music. Quote, Bootsy helped define early on what it meant to be a black entertainer in America, said Patsy Collins, Bootsy's wife and president of the Bootsy Collins Foundation. Quote, Bootsy's involvement in this project is a perfect convergence of the past, present, and future, and we are grateful to have the chance to continue inspiring future musicians as the album's beneficiary, end quote. The track list uh, includes uh, many of the stars that you know. Red Velvet, Lee Moriarty, Nyla Rose, Sonny Kiss, Jay Lethal, Jade Cargill, Ricky Starks, Sean Dean, Max Caster, Brandy Rhodes, uh, Anthony Bowens, Anthony Agogo, Private Party, Mark Henry, Top Flight, Will Hobbs, Kira Hogan, Lee Johnson, and Scorpio Sky. Uh, kind of a really interesting concept that they are hiring these uh, really fairly well-known, in some cases, hip-hop voices to write songs from the perspective of these uh, wrestlers uh, in telling their stories. I think it's a really neat concept for an album. It's a little, it's a little, uh, you kind of got to be a fan of both things, which is interesting too, though, you know, because it's not like the wrestling album, right? Where it's a bunch of the wrestlers getting together and having fun doing the tracks. In fact, the only tracks in which the actual wrestlers actually appear on the track is with Sonny Kiss's track and with Max Caster's track. So it's you know Caster to be expected, right? Um, yeah, it's kind of like and when they first announced this, that's what I thought this was going to be. Right? Uh, it's the wrestlers all hanging out. You know, we're recording songs that are meaningful to us, either original mixes or um you know just covers of their favorite songs that's what i thought it was going to right. be um then they i i applaud them for like kind of subverting expectations yeah and doing and, and doing you know, something even if i think for a lot of fans what's here is maybe more of a question mark rather than like you know i think the album of like oh it's you know it's people doing their favorite songs and like hey, they have this kind of cool hangout record or whatever. I think that would maybe be more exciting to a lot of people. It's cool that this has such a m- much more creative concept to it, you know, even if it's uh, it maybe on its own a little less marketable, which is uh, kind of great that this is what they decided to start with, you know, and that it highlights sure. uh, black voices within AEW as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think all of these are, are great things. I, I still say this is kind of dumb putting it on cd but you know such is life i mean yeah uh, i mean of the uh of the physical formats you could have put it out on that's the one that's kind of like huh i mean you know you could reasonably you could reasonably argue it's like the same thing we've had with the dvds how they've been putting everything 
out on DVD and not Blu-ray. At least with that, you can be like, look, DVDs sell better than Blu-rays. Blu- uh, and and blank Blu-rays are, are pricey. I get sure. that. That's totally fair premise. I, uh, CD, though, is like, I I know that vinyl is way more expensive, and I understand that. But you can charge but way more for it. So You can charge way more for it, and, and everything with vinyl is always limit, a set print run. Right. You know, it's like 500, 2,000, whatever. You and I know this very closely from a lot of the records that we bought that are limited print yeah, runs. Yeah, I, I, I sold and, a limited print run record literally today, so... Yeah, by doing that, A, anyone who gets that first run, you can now sell it for a premium if you so choose, right. and B, that first print run of any anything, as we've shown, anything AEW, when they release it, it's fucking ridiculous to find. Yeah. Yeah, CDs, action figures, trading cards. C- CDs don't retain ver- uh, value very well. Uh, like I said, I think they could have put this album up and sold it for forty bucks, and people would have been like, "That's yeah. expensive." But it would have been like, "Well, they're making they're making two thousand of them, it's, and they're go- you know they're going to be fucking gone today." So yeah, it's it's expensive, but you're you're also getting a premium product right. out of it. So it, I would have been fine with that, uh, but it's it's whatever. You know, being on CD, I probably won't buy one. I'll listen to it couple yeah times. when it comes out i'll listen to it but i'm in no hurry to buy a cd i i i had a collection of cds for a long time i got rid of them a while ago i'm never gonna own a collection of cds again uh, i just do not have the space in in my life for that anymore so i i literally have nothing in in my apartment that can play them <laughs> I mean, I guess my PlayStation. I mean, I do. I have a disk drive for this computer, uh, like an external one for what it's. Oh worth, yeah, so. I mean, I could go, I could go buy one of those, but I'm not going yeah. to. And I'm just saying, like, uh, of the things that I would plug a CD into, like, I have none. Yeah, yeah, and for what it's worth, I don't think it would play in the PlayStation. Yeah, I don't think so either. Think a PlayStation Three, I it think it's does, a different laser. A PlayStation Four, it would not. It's not even a laser thing it, because it's it's the same laser as it would be for a DVD. It's the same well, exact that, laser. I, it's just there's no software. Or there's like no music player software in the PlayStation. <laughs> right, yeah. Because right. <laughs> why maybe, would there be? Maybe they did add a media player after launch. So maybe the media player maybe? does CDs now, but I don't know. I can't fucking remember. Anyway, let's talk about AEW. You watch any? I mean, uh, I guess I could, I could put it in my Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> You watch any of that AEW this week? No. No? No? All right. Well, then I guess I'll just monologue for the next uh, 45 minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I watched the, the normal stuff. I didn't watch any of the extra stuff. Yeah, I, I don't... I, what, just literally just BTE would be the extra stuff, right? I don't even think I got to BTE this week, although I guess Danhausen appears. Um, no, 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 no. I, I saw this on Reddit. Danhausen is in a scene, like in the background. That counts as an appearance. <laughs> he doesn't speak a word. He's just sitting there while Nakazawa's talking. <laughs> and they use that for the thumbnail, which I will I will give them props for. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's absolutely hilarious. I'm sure they got ten thousand extra views for it too, which uh, hey, that makes yeah. it worth it, you know. <sighs> So let's talk about the show, though. I mean, 
the obvious thing to talk about is the fucking main event, right? But uh, I don't want to get there yet because there's so much to say. Um, I want to talk about Wheeler Yuta versus John Moxley, um, uh, which was fine. <laughs> it was a bummer, dude. Yeah, what what, what bummed uh, you out mat- about it? Well, the match was fine. I really enjoyed the match, and I mean, I I think Wheeler and Yuta had good chemistry, and uh, Moxley that, and Yuta, you mean? Yeah. Oh, were what you did bo- I say? You said Wheeler and Yuta as though they were two people. Oh. It's one person. Hey, um, man, it's been a long day. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, uh, so you were bummed out by the use of the use of Danhausen here. It just felt, it felt pointless, completely pointless. That bummed me out. Um, and it. It, this whole the opening like 20 minutes of the show were such an audible that they had to pull out of their ass in like two yeah, hours so i guess that's worth talking about um <laughs> the brian kendrick uh part way through the week uh was uh advertised to come Act- on on the show until like two hours before the show <laughs> until like two hours before the show when internet pressure had mounted over some very questionable videos that he recorded some, while over some quite frankly wild taped content that he oh. had filmed years ago. Allegedly, uh, he was tripping acid at the time. Well, you know, don't that's record not a yourself excuse. doing drugs. No, don't. You know, like if you do drugs and you say fucking wild, crazy shit when you do drugs, you can't be like, it's not my fault. I was on drugs. Oh, I, I I meant that not as an excuse for it. I was, you know, just painting the full picture, and I totally agree. If you're going to use drugs and you end up, you know, saying crazy shit, then stay in your apartment alone with people. If there, you have to have someone there, it's someone that you absolutely trust that will never record you saying yeah. all this crazy shit. Just, it's just not an excuse, you know, as as uh, King Leonidas himself said, uh, in Sparta, every man is responsible for the words of his voice. Um, and so for me, <laughs> the, any excuse that he had that was related to, I was on ass and it's like, nobody cares. Uh, now there was, to his, there was some worry early on that some of this, some of this stuff that had come out was stuff that he was doing as a character for a company or whatever. And that's almost kind of more of an excuse for me than I was on drugs because then it's like, well, maybe he was playing a bad guy character or whatever, but some of this stuff, absolutely. Uh, that was not the case. Uh, some I of this mean, stuff absolutely even, was said outside of character and stuff like that. Well, so it's like, eh. even then if, even if you're in character saying some of this stuff, it's like, no, yeah, Mm-mm. a lot of a lot of uh, uh, really rough comments, and so he was immediately removed from the show at TK's behest, and they sort of they slotted they slotted other people in here, and I think this match was maybe the one he was supposed to he was maybe supposed to be where U- Wheeler Yuta was. Yeah, he was. They had listed that he was wrestling Moxley. Yeah, the match was confirmed. So this this whole like opening fifteen twenty minutes of the show. Minus the stuff at the end with Brian Danielson right. was very much an audible in because we need to get eyes off of the Brian Kendrick match, but we need to also, you know, we got to push the the angle that we're going to do, which they did at the end of the match, the same as if it didn't matter who was there, but right. the inclusion of I Dan mean, Housen yeah. and, and all it, that was pointless. And it's so funny that like... <laughs> You know they 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 couldn't get Brian Kendrick in or whatever, but then uh, 
you know, which would have made the match something. So they scrambled and they used Yuta, and Yuta's great, but Yuta only like uh exposed the fact that the match that the match was just there as an overlong fodder. over overlong excuse to get Mox out in the ring so that they could do this Danielson thing at the end, which is more just you know, it's something you see over and over again in AEW booking to uh, mixed results. Um, and it, it it's unfortunately, fine. yeah, it's fine, but it's not good. It's not, and, it's, and, and they lean on it a lot. And there's a lot of times you'll be watching a match and you're like, this match is pointless. It's literally just out here to put this one star in the ring and to have him have an excuse to come to the ring when I would prefer that they just have him come to the ring. Instead of putting this match, he's obviously under no circumstances going to lose well, <laughs> in front of people for fucking 10 minutes and wasting everybody's time. But it was a I fine mean, it's, match. It's one of those things like that you you got you need to get you want to give the crowd something sure. of you know so and so is wrestling a match that that does drive sales and stuff like that. And but the the thing with me is like I I don't even care that it was Moxley out there doing a match and mm-hmm. extending this angle but it's like if you're gonna do Wheeler, you should have just sent Orange Cassidy out there. That was enough. Right. If you want to send Danhausen out there too, okay, put him on commentary. Don't just have him standing out there because, like, the yeah, I, and and immediately sticking him with the best friends in any light feels uh, lazy. Yeah, it yes. just it feels like oh. He's a funny guy. The best friends are funny. I guess that's what we'll do with Danhausen for now. And and you would kind of, I or at least I had kind of hoped that there would have been better plans than that. Uh, but I I agree. And it's it's also just like the deep deep wrestling fans that wa- that like like us right know who Danhausen is. Sure. The average fan who watches AEW has no idea who the fuck Danhausen is, other than. He's this weirdo dude that is painted up like a goofball. Yeah, so, it, it it does blow my mind that like at least part of the show wasn't put aside to like give this guy it, a vignette. <laughs> right, right, and that's kind of what I'm saying. Is like, why didn't you put him on commentary and acting goofy, which he is great at? He's done commentary before. He would have been fine. Yeah, if only to just sit there and piss off Jr. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, as for the thing with. Danielson, this is uh, kind of uh, was kind of interesting and surprising, right? Danielson comes out, talks about how uh, he wants uh, not to fight John Moxley as everyone had uh, assumed, but instead uh, desires to join forces with John Moxley and form a tag team slash stable where they could basically take over this whole fucking company together. They're not um, wrong. They're not wrong, uh, and it's a hell of a recruitment speech uh, that he went through. Quote, listen, Mox, together, you and me, we could run this place, whatever we wanted. If we wanted to take some of these young guys, Wheeler, Yuda, he's coming out with jokes like Orange Cassidy and Danhausen. What if we mentored Wheeler, Yuda, or Daniel Garcia, or Lee Moriarty? What if we took them under our wings and trained the future of professional wrestling together? Um uh, you know, a, a real power play for Brian Danielson. He's not wrong about anything that he's saying. A really interesting angle. I'm excited to see where it goes. Likely, this does lead to a feud between the two of them. Uh, but yeah, um, I think it's interesting. I think it would have had a lot more um, gravitas and intrigue if 
um, like say Moxley hadn't gone to rehab and been off all that time, which right. I, I have no problems with Moxley taking the time off, taking care of himself. Absolutely. I think you needed Moxley in back on the show for a little while longer before you started uh, with this, this angle. And I, uh, but I also, I get it. They're trying, you know, they're, they're looking at the time frame. It's like, if we start it now, that gives us four weeks ish until revolution. We can have the match at revolution. Sure. Rather than if, you know, punting it down the road five months. So I get it. Yeah. But, you know, I kind of would have rather Moxley just been here for a little while. Yeah. Um, Sure, that doesn't bother me that much. If I had to guess, I would say, or or at least I would really pray more than say that this is heading towards a Mox and Danielson feud. Ultimately, Mox won't join with Danielson. Ultimately, hopefully, CM Punk comes out of this MJF feud. They go, okay, we've done everything we want to do with CM Punk as a babyface. Let's have him join with Danielson. Uh, take up this thing that Danielson is suggesting and do the that. two of them as a tag team will gradually turn heel. Um, yeah, do that tag team run that they've talked about right. a couple times. Yeah, Especially just because it's been talked about by, by CM Punk so much. And I think it's a really good place for both of them. And, uh, and it, you know, looking at things like y- you don't have much, a lot of time to really do that. You need to, to do that while the iron is hot. Right. Absolutely. The, the Brandy Rhodes thing, boy. I mean, I'd rather just not talk about it, honestly. <laughs> That's, yeah. I mean, I don't think it was quite as bad as the internet made it out to be. Uh, it wasn't sure. great. Um, it was. It's far from being the worst segment ever in AEW. I've seen not worse Not the things. worst segment ever in AEW, but genuinely confusing about what they're fucking if, doing with this thing. E- yeah. Um, I have no idea. I have no oh, idea. I know exactly what they're doing. Okay, well, uh, please tell me after I after I talk about this, but it, it literally blows my mind that they're having this story where Dan Lambert is coming out on TV openly admitting to being a sexist misogynist, a sexist misogynist and shit like that and like throwing out all of these really uh kind of disgusting uh right-wing boomer platitudes and shit like that, right? And at the same time, leaning into Brandy Rhodes being a heel. Uh, and so so now we're supposed to be rooting for Lambert? Like, wh- what the well, fuck is... Or they're both bad guys? In which case, like, why do I give a shit about well, any so, of this? And why, do, what would my, why would my reaction be anything other than, like, get both of these motherfuckers off my screen? Well, okay, so to start with, it, it wouldn't matter who came out against Brandy. The crowd hates Brandy. It's been a, a thing. So, that's so bizarre to me because I, I she hasn't even been on TV all of this time. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. And, and she, last time I saw something with her for, on screen, she was not a heel. So I, I don't know yeah. where any of this is coming from. Well, it's just because they under everybody knows. Like, it, it doesn't matter what Cody or Brandy do. They walk out. People are just going to start booing. It doesn't matter. If they were saying, I'm going to give every single one of you a thousand dollars. See, I disagree with that though, because they're that that's just not the reality that we've seen. They didn't start booing her like this until she started leaning into it and saying heel shit. That's and that's fair. I mean, I don't I don't know what the what the whole 
impetus of all this, but I will say it was in in my opinion in completely poor taste to do this in the middle at the start of Black History Month, where you are saying the black woman on on my TV is evil, and the guy spouting off all of this boomer sexist shit is the good guy. Like, if that's the story you're going for, right? You have completely the, fucked up. The two like uh, overdressed, like kind of frat boys behind him and shit like that. Yeah. Like it's just, it's all very yeah. It feels. I, it's yeah, in, watching it's this, I was taste. like, "This feels gross." Like, I if I if if Brandy's a heel, I guess somehow all of a sudden, then I don't. I guess I'm not rooting for her, but I don't want to fucking root for Dan Lambert and his no. group of fucking jerk offs. Es- from- especially him after saying all of that shit. It's like, no, I really just want nothing to do with this. Um, now, yeah. as for what what they're doing, it it's it was pretty it was pretty very clear. Paige Van Zant wants to wrestle. Okay. So that's that and now they're doing this so that Paige and Brandy have a match at Revolution. That's the whole angle. That's gonna be bad. Yeah. That's so, a bad now, I, that's a bad I, that's a bad idea. I agree. I I I I think Brandy is number one is not ready from coming off of the baby. I come in Brandy for it, uh, she's putting in the work on no, dark, dude. Baby, baby or not, like Brandy Rhodes is an okay wrestler, and Paige yeah. Van Zant is, is not, not a, wrestler. a wrestler. And a, and I'm sure I will piss people off. She's a piss poor MMA fighter. Yeah. So, like, to put that to be like, oh, here's the pairing is like, what? <laughs> put her with Deeb. I mean, what are you doing? They've been, they've been wanting uh, ever since Lambert got quote big they wanted pages wanted to do a match it's been obvious she yeah. wanted to do a fucking match with the dudes but tk clearly said no i mean i don't think that either way that would i think it would have been fine for her having a match with dudes because she is a trained martial artist mm-hmm. she's not a good one but she right. is a trained martial artist it would have been fine uh but overall and this is probably something that's not going to happen anytime soon. All the American top team shit needs to get off the television. Yeah. I, it's you not know, doing it's been, the things that you want it to do. It's been a really long time since I've said this. Because genuinely, I like more or less everything that happens in AEW to varying degrees. I fucking hate the top team thing. I don't, and I don't understand. It was fun. What the hope is for this. It was fun once or twice. You got a cheap pop out of it. Move on. Yeah, I'm. So, I'm so. I'm so fucking over it. And and it's consistently the worst part of the show every single week. Yeah, well, even more so is like now you're putting Dan Lambert in two separate feuds for yeah. no reason. Yeah, it's become the Dan Lambert show. He's out twice. He's out twice a week on Dynamite. Well, like, why does why does Lance Archer need Dan Lambert? Especially this week where Dan Lambert and Jake the Snake both came out. And- Jake was sit doing a great promo, and then dumb shit over here was just stepping all over it. Yeah, uh, I bet. Yeah, just question marks all over this Dan Lambert thing. Oh. You know, him and TK are close, so this guy's probably hanging around for the long run. But yeah, holy shit, man! If uh, and and not to say I deserve to be or whatever, but if I was in the writers' room, I'd be like, where are we going with any of this, guys? Like the guy can talk, no question. The guy can talk, but like. Some of the th- things that they come up with for him to do, I'm just like, this is bad. 
Like you know, uh, you have yeah. to know this is bad. Uh, the Knights of the Black Throne match versus Death Triangle. That was a that was well, fun. Hold on, are they the Knights of the Black Throne? Are because that's not what we've been told. <laughs> so confusing. Yeah, I don't know if this document from AEW is wrong. I don't. Well, know this if... is what they had on the screen too. Okay, so maybe maybe Kings of the Black. Maybe they got a C and D from. Uh, what like some Norwegian metal band from somebody? Maybe they got a C and D from somebody, and so maybe. it's Knights of the Black Throne now, or that maybe a would... uh, uh, chance being that they uh, have some sort of higher power angle in vi- in 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 mind for these guys down the road. Uh, That's good. Um, I I and I'm I'm with that. I'm a hundred percent with that. I think if they wanted to do that, I think and as as a Blame I will place on Brody and Malachi. Like you need to communicate that to, especially Excalibur. Sure. Why was he saying Kings throughout the whole thing? Well, we started off with uh, when Brody when Brody first showed up. It was Kings, right? I think the Kings of the Black Throne is the name they use on PWG as well. And then Justin Roberts announced them as the Kings of the Black Throne. So it's like <laughs> a simple fix. Totally being a nitpicky person. You got to tell people, boys. (laughs) Adam Cole did a brief thing here where he talked about uh, fighting Evil Uno on Rampage, uh, which we'll talk about. I mean, are you going to finish talking about the match? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, did you you had more you wanted to say about the match? I I, I mean, mean, like, I honestly, the the match was cool. Uh, It was fine. I think the, I, I feel like the Daredevil stuff that Pac was playing they should have done that through the whole match. <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, but ultimately, thinking back to this match, I don't have incredibly clear recollections of of much of what went on, which is a bit of a problem, I think. Uh, it does. It, we are seeing that that Penta got sprayed with the black mist. It'll be interesting to see what kind of effect he's had on him. They've, you know, I've had people come to me and be like, I'm really confused by this angle because sometimes it seems like that means something. And sometimes it seems like it doesn't like they, they want to make the black mist mean something. But if you look at the people who've been sprayed with black mist, Cody was sprayed with black mist. He ended up beating Malachi black and didn't turn heel. Um, you know, uh, I, I think they're playing the long game with uh, it. Uh, the lady from uh, Varsity Blonde, she got Julia sprayed. Hart. Yeah, Julia Hart got sprayed with the black mist, and uh, she she wears an eye patch now. Uh, you know, Pot got sprayed with the black mist, and he is fine. Uh, now Penta got sprayed with the black mist, and maybe he'll turn heel but like there have been so many situations where the black mist has had basically no effect on people who were sprayed by it that the angle that he would turn heel now because of the black mist is kind of like but then why didn't it do it to all these other people it's also it's also pentagon like if he wants to be heel he's he's already there right i I think the i think I'm, i'm gonna call this one of like it was a really good idea but TK kind of forgot about it a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. It, it feels like they wanted there to be stakes, but in order to have stakes, you got to follow through on the consequences, and it feels like they didn't want to do that. So, yeah. and it's difficult to sell stakes if you don't sell follow consequences. Through. Yeah. You know? So it's tough. 
Um, but, but hope, you know, it's not as though there's anything that can't be rehabbed, but, um, how'd you feel about Nyla Rose versus Ruby Soho? It was cool seeing Lars. Yeah. Lars was there. Uh, ringside Lars, Lars Friedrichsen from Rancid. Other than that, this match was a mess by both performers. Yeah. I didn't see. I didn't fully feel that way, although I knew a lot of people expressed that they felt that way about it. I did think the thing at the end, which the botch that wasn't a botch, is people came out and said, oh, it wasn't a botch. It was to tie back to this other match or whatever. No, that was a botch. It literally, I mean, she was so far away from Nyla Rose's head with that kick that it just, it. I laughed when it happened. Uh, so okay. whether or not she intended to do it is kind of besides the point because she looked like a goober when she did it. So yeah, th- there was that one. There was the one that was earlier in the match where um Ruby was trying to lift Nyla on the apron and and do something, but then she fell like straight on her ass, mm-hmm. and that was the one that actually kind of concerned me a little bit. And it's n- no like falling on your ass is one thing, but when you have like someone on your shoulders like that and then following on your ass like that can like really fuck up your spine sure um so that was a a point of concern for me i don't think it changed anything but i mean you could fuck your back up pretty easy but i mean overall like this this was fine i just don't it was i enjoy both of these women i don't i just didn't enjoy this match yeah yeah the gun club though quickly becoming a team Why that I really like. Why the fuck is Danhausen not involved with the Gun Club? For yeah, fuck's sake, that's weird. That, that would have been a better use of of the Gun Club. The, I mean, uh, even if they Danhausen. could have kept kept doing this, and then Danhausen just shows up, and you know, him and Billy Ass are just like, "Hey, man, I'm glad to see you." Because I was watching like some fucking vlog video. I think it was of Danhausen where he's fucking with the Ass Boys. Yeah, and there it was at the middle of a convention. He's just talking to him, and he keeps calling them the Ass Boys, and then. One of them, the younger one, I guess, um, Colton. Oh, yeah, sure. Turns to Billy Gunn and he's like, "Dad, Danhausen keeps uh, messing with his skin. Can you make him go away?" And Billy Gunn's like, "Good. He should be messing with you guys." <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, you know, I, I. It definitely would have been a more elegant use of Danhausen right now. Although maybe they're saving it. Maybe they want to raise the profile of the Gun Club. I think first they, I and, think and, and they you know do. that's working because uh you know I, I have no interest in seeing billy gun wrestle i've said this a hundred thousand times on this show but this angle that they're running where they're being like muscular bullies to uh to jungle boy and and colton and austin show up and they're never wearing a shirt and you know i love i love i really like all of this that they're doing so i mean it it I have no problems with the gun club if Billy Ass just wants to be their manager now. Right. Let's do it. Absolutely. I'm here. I mean, I think you're right. I think they do want to elevate the gun club before they do the Danhausen thing, which, you know, is in line with them getting a title shot, I think, next this week. So let's do it. I'm, I'm at least excited for that match. And that's something I can never say in the past about a gun club match. Yeah. Yeah, you know, again, uh, after this was the Dan Lambert thing with uh, uh, Hangman. Hangman Adam Page, who who barely got a word in in any of this, and then Lance Archer came out and they had a a brawl if, in the ring. So, yep. And then Jericho did his thing. 
Yeah, Je- yeah, Jer- okay. Jericho's thing is fine. They're going to have a mandatory inner circle meeting next week that'll probably end up in the inner circle uh, uh, breaking up, which is about six months too late. And uh, the you know the biggest unfortunate thing about this is that they had they had the perfect time to pull the trigger. TK decided not to pull the trigger twice. Now they're going to pull the trigger at a time where it's like. Okay, cool. but like I don't know, it would have been better for this thing to end with a bang, like everybody involved wanted it to, than to end it this way with a whimper. Because you realize that, oh yeah, remember earlier when they said we don't really have any more ideas? I guess they were right about that. Oh, I keep hearing people, oh, and TK said it, and I've seen a lot of people online say it. Like uh, they wanted the inner circle to, and even miss um, quoting Jericho as having said this. Like they wanted mm-hmm. the inner circle to be like the Avengers. Like they don't always have to be together, but you know they're always brothers and shit. And it's like, no, yeah. Jericho wanted the inner circle to break up at Stadium Stampede too. He probably wanted them to break up at Blood and Guts. Yeah, but said, okay, we can keep it going until the pay per view will have a massive blow off. Mm-hmm. That's fair. And now it's six, eight months too late and no one cares anymore. Yeah. And where even even if the segment's really great and it does end in the, in the inner circle breaking up or starting a feud or whatever, it'll be like, yeah, okay, this should have happened. Cool. This should have happened before. And MJF should have gotten the rub there and he didn't. And it's a bummer. But yep. it's fine. Uh, it's just I, I, I would have hoped for. For more courage of convictions, and again, I, I I understand there are other factors at play. There are merch sales and things like that to consider and stuff. But like, uh, you know, even at the time we were talking about, oh, it feels like a very WWE move to like hype. Here's something exciting that could happen, and then do the thing that's not exciting. Um, so like, I'm well, always a person who's like, if you introduce, you know, don't Chekhov's gun anybody, and if you introduce something something exciting or monumental happening, don't then have the person you know don't don't then have the person win uh and and be like nope everything's normal again hooray because <laughs> you know? it's just like is that what any of us want like i want i want the story to move forward always i want the new thing to happen not the status quo maintained that's that oh. doesn't feel like a great ending to any story so and here's the other thing if merch sales were really that much of a concern it's not like you're in wwe like you all of your merch is literally print to order right right cm punk versus mjf we got to talk about though man and and uh this a complete contrast to everything else because i i didn't manage to get to the show live i had to watch this show um on like uh thursday or friday or something like that and so i i watched the show um and and I had kind of seen I you know I try to stay out of the the AEW part of the Discord until I've watched the show if I don't catch a show live, and I had seen a bunch of the reactions to the show of people thinking that the show is pretty great. And honestly, up until the main event, I was like, maybe I'm in a shitty mood, or or something because this is an okay episode of the show, but there are a lot of there have been a lot of matches that didn't really do anything for me and a lot of segments that either actively uh, turned me off or or I was kind of like, eh, about. But holy shit, this main event, man. It was too long. What? All right. Get the fuck out. 
Okay, well, I, I don't need a a forty minute main event match. I mean, See, it was fine. I'm so I'm so, I'm I'm so on the opposite side of it. I, this thing was fucking brilliant from stem to stern, and not only that, this forty five minute match, uh, felt like it was half an hour to me, whereas the fucking one hour match that's between because, the Hangman and Danielson felt like it was an hour and a half. Like that's because the 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 first match was. Half an hour. Sure. <laughs> and that, see, okay. The match was good. It was like, it was a, an interesting match. They should have just stuck with that first ending and just stopped. And actually, and not even just because like, oh, it would build more drama, but just like make it, make things matter. Like make that the ref the important part of this and then continue on is like i didn't fuck he didn't fucking beat me that's bullshit and can you know continue the story that way and like i i've never disagreed with you more than i disagree with you in this moment on this show <laughs> right but like that's and it's purely like it's the, the taste of wrestling sure. fans like i would have stopped when they did the little ref stoppage yeah i would have stopped the match well, it wasn't ref stoppage. He got choked out. Yeah, but like, okay, cool. And, and even if he, when he when he choked him out, but then the ref saw the tape, the tape that he was using to choke him out, like, right, okay, that's fine. Make it a DQ finish, which is what it should have been. Eh, if we're being honest, but not really, because the rules don't specifically state what to do in that situation, and the ref has every right to restart a match at that point. Uh, right, the, but like you know, the rule book, the fake rule book for AEW that doesn't exist, for what it's worth, <laughs> you know, doesn't I mean, explicitly state any of these things. Wrestling that doesn't exist. WWE at least at one point has published a an official rule book, even if yeah, you but it's also horse. Follow it. Um, Oh yeah, you know, that, how I mean, how many years ago was that? Thirty years sure, ago, yeah. Sure. Yeah, like, yeah. Go ahead, please. That's just my thing. Is like I would have, I would have just let it go there. Had it be a DQ finish, build the drama, right, and continue it on next week. Because like we, you and I both know this is not the end of the feud. No, there's no. But way. but and I like, I also did... I also don't have problem with there being more here, and I don't think that the drama was built less by there being more here because he still cheated to win in the end. He did, and they did it in a very very clever way, in an incredibly clever way, and they covered it perfectly. Which hats off to the camera crew who actually like nailed the execution on getting something done this time. Uh, and that's see, that's the part that it really. I, I call into into question the most is because with as many production gaffes and snafus and just complete fuck ups that sure. this production crew has had in the past three years, I wouldn't have trusted them to do a fucking bit of production trickery like this. I would have just said, no, fuck that. I don't trust you bitches because you have but, fucked up even the easiest thing. But no harm, no foul. So I don't understand what your problem would be with that, right? Like they did manage to pull it off. So they did for the first time. And after including on the night, fucking up two or three other things. Sure, sure. Um, and that's just, that's me personally. I'm too much of a control freak. And knowing that my production crew are idiots, <laughs> I would not trust them to do this. 
Now, I did, like I said, they did it a very clever way. It's a perfect way to do it. Yeah. If you're going to do it. And it was an interesting way to to continue the match. And it was fun. It was interesting. I would have done it a different way. That's all I'm saying. Sure. I you know, I'm actually glad we're on uh, we're on different sides of this so that we can have a discussion about it, but I I I don't have a single criticism for this match. I, I was I was I was in love with the chemistry that these two people had uh, in the ring, which, you know, ultimately people wanted to see these two fight each other because of uh, some sort of assumed promo chemistry. I think what's most shocking of of all is that I think that MJF and CM Punk have more chemistry in the ring than they do on the mic. Uh, I agree with that. But on the mic, they are... They're good, but they aren't comfy with each other. No, and and there was a whole... uh, There was so much to this match that it was very clear that these two sat in a room and fucking talked about what they were going to do during the match. uh, And not only talked about what they were going to do during the match, but they talked about why. And they, they discussed, you know, and that's... That's what we want, you know, like as a wrestling fan, like and especially in AEW, like the best matches are the matches where you can feel these guys are film directors right Mm -hmm. out in the ring. And you can, you know, the best movies are the movies where somebody will frame something in the shot of the camera and you're like, wow, the 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 brilliance and intentionality behind that shot being what it is, is so meaty for me as somebody who's watching this. And there were so many things that happened in this match that were like, that's there's so much intention behind everything down to MJF wearing the, the Yankee pinstripe trunks right down to uh, the first finish of the match being a finish from a famous CM Punk match, right? Which further reiterates what CM Punk has been saying about you're a fan, you know, like uh, the the original idea MJF did was like, Proving you're you're just a fanboy, right? The uh, the original idea of first from MJF to win this match is something he either knowingly or unknowingly picked up from watching CM Punk, right? And, th- and that's so that's incredible. That's incredible if, to me. Even if like um, MJF didn't realize it, right. I'm a hundred percent sure that that Punk said you need to do it th- exactly like this. And let me tell you why. And they he, were like, yeah, down okay, to yeah, the, that's great. Down to like the movements that he did after the finish was like, you could put the two footages beside each other and be like, wow, he like literally pantomimed Punk's previous re- uh, performance, which is amazing. And, uh, you know, it, it's hard to tell whose idea it is because, M- you know, MJF himself is a performer who comes up with these brilliant ideas and is one of the performers that like there's... Every time he does something, it's I'm kind of taken back by the intentionality behind everything and how everything is really thought out. And, you know, every time there's an idea that's like, this is this is incredible. Uh, like uh, uh, the the song that him and Jericho, the song and dance number that him and Jericho did or whatever. It's later revealed that like, yeah, that was all that was MJF's idea. And. Uh, he's just this wild kind of wonderkind prodigy who's who's doing this amazing work. And yeah, but uh, I was I it it 
as a wrestling fan, it made my heart sing that this match, that these two understood that that's who they are because that was always CM Punk's thing too, was that, that like things really felt like that. And, and that the chemistry was so good between these guys and that they, they did what I would only have hoped they would have done in a match, uh, in my wildest dreams. They went, they, you know, they went so long. They did all the things. Punk did the fucking Pepsi plunge in the goddamn match, you know? And, uh, I I think that probably also changed my opinion of it a little bit mm -hmm. is like, you have a much deeper history with punk than I do. Yeah. When I was getting back into wrestling is when he was leaving wrestling again. Right. So I've only watched like, you know, that curated list yeah. of matches. I haven't seen them all. So that I think that also plays into it. And there's one thing that is like sticking in my mind. And like I don't know of a way that you could actually fix this without like always telegraphing it is. But to me, the false finish was completely it was telegraphed that they were going to either restart the match or do something because, because of I, how much time was left in the show. Yes. Yeah. When you got 20 minutes left in the, and, and you look down and I know that's a dumb habit of mine of like when a, a match is finishing, especially the quote, the main event, I always look down at my phone or my watch or my computer and it's like, okay, we got like two to five minutes left. There'll probably be a still a little something extra. Okay. Oh, there's 20 minutes left. Okay. There's something they're not done. And like, the only way you could fix that would be to put this on like first or in the middle. But even then, like at some point it's going to be known like, okay, if this match is going on first, it's because there's shenanigans involved and there's, you know, things like that. So there's no real way to fix it, but maybe just that is that you don't put it on at the main event slot. I don't know. Yeah, I guess, you know, and they've kind of tried to mitigate that before when they did the one hour Broadway, right? They put it on first so that people couldn't be like, there's an hour left on the show and we're at the main event. What the fuck is going to go on? Right, exactly. You know, and I didn't even notice it because like I said, I went into this match unspoiled and I was doing my laundry while I was watching this thing and I got my notification went off that my laundry cycle was done. So I went and uh uh to go and do that and i paused the show like really like right after the false finish and i was like oh there's a lot of time left in this show but that wouldn't have been the case for me otherwise necessarily um i was you know i was riveted by this thing and i don't think there's any smart way to change that other than putting things in the in on first but then whenever a high profile match goes first you're like oh they expect it to go longer than normal and it's just like that you know i mean they're, they are going to telegraph in- it. The other way to do it is you put it on in the main event slot and you do run over onto YouTube, but they don't want to do that. So Right. I mean, you could put it in the middle of the show. Right. But then you're, you're really playing with fire there because you have to know that your first, say you do, you're doing two segments before that match. Like You need them to be crisp on time. And then you have to do the big, the big match that kind of is going over. And then you got to have everything at the end go crisp and on time. You can't, it's, you know, you're, you're also asking just, for too much perfection. And just from a build perspective, too, what, you're going to do this match and then put Nyla Rose and Ruby Soho in the main, you know, like right. the crowd's dead, the people watching at home no are like, gives I'm good. A, a fuck. Yeah, no one yeah. gives a fuck afterwards. So, like, yeah, I get it. You know, I understand what they did, and I don't think there's really a, a perfect solution for Mm-mm. for avoiding the oh, there's more time left in the show thing. And, Even though, yeah, it's a problem. It's a problem that's come up before. You know? And like, 
like I said, th- this this is a very personal criticism of someone who has bad OCD habits of checking what time it is. Usually because <laughs> right. it's like when it, you know main event ends, it's like okay, cool, I'm going to bed. Right. And then you look down like, fuck, I'm not going to bed. Not yet. There's <laughs> there's more to come, baby. Uh, what? Uh, it's magic. You know, like, we're going to talk about Ramp- Rampage was fine in comparison. I mean, this is uh, MJF and CM Punk was far and away. Like, I think I think it would have been like a fucking amazing match if it was on a pay-per-view. Like, I think yeah. people would have been like, what an amazing main event this was. And it wasn't. It was on TV. You know, like it was just another one of those instances of AEW just doing it, you know, doing it, doing it live on TV and 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 having this amazing pedigree that makes you go, oh, you know, I got to be I got to be watching Dynamite every week, man. Are they, are they, I mean, they make it a point to say, like, it's not just the pay-per-views that you need to watch. And right. they have proven that it's not just those you know, special events that you need to watch because most times the special events fucking suck. <laughs> um, you know, it's the random episodes of Dynamite that you need to watch to see the truly magical things. And I think that's a perfect way to do things because you're keeping audience engagement up and you're keeping people on their toes. Right. Um, as for Rampage, man, like, I remember that first match because I love Adam Cole. I love Evil Uno. I think they did Evil Uno dirty. How so? Tell me about your how hurt you were about Evil Uno. You didn't even give him. You didn't. It's a fucking tape delay show. You don't even give him an entrance. Yeah, yeah. That's dirty, uh, absolutely. man. Absolutely. You certainly could have edited a rest hold or two out of the match to give the man an entrance for sure. Or anything. <laughs> you could have got rid of the Tony Schiavone interviewing Chris Statlander. You could have got rid of Tony Schiavone interviewing Mercedes Martinez right after the match. You could have took a good ten minutes off of that Jay Lethal match. <laughs> uh, let, I mean, let's talk about it. It was kind of a mixed bag for me, you know. It's especially coming off. Could the have high. just got got rid of the entire TNT title match. The <laughs> you weren't fond of much of this show. <laughs> I really wasn't, man. Like I. It, you you did you did my boy dirty and you made it you did him dirty against my my guy and like it's just not cool. I and I personally I just don't I cannot fucking stand Isaiah Cassidy. <laughs> I thought the match with Isaiah Cassidy was pretty good for what it was, even though it was another one of the things I'm like is is anybody is well, anybody in the world sitting at home going like like I had a friend watching Rampage with me this week who doesn't watch the show often and he was like who's gonna win this match i'm like sammy guevara sammy guevara is not even close uh like there's nobody in the world who's like oh yeah they're gonna take the tnt title off of sam off of sammy guevara and put it on on isaiah cassidy from private party uh and the the two belts saying that's already worn out the two belts i don't i he was like why does he have two belts i'm like i don't know it's stupid like they they did a unification match the whole point is you're supposed to be down to one belt now and then but instead they're not only having him carry two belts they're having him carry two identical belts completely identical belts (laughs) it would have been different it looks like like he's a tag team champ that wrestles alone (laughs) or he's some dumbass super fan that just buys 
belt. <laughs> um, but it's like if he had taken the belt off of Miro, where Miro had that custom one done, right? Yeah, and then had the regular TNT title as the quote unification or interim title. Like, okay, yeah, that's fair. They're actually different. Okay, I can get behind this. But no, they're completely identical, except one looks like it's very. One's the show belt, and one is the non-show belt because one of them is much shinier than the other one. <laughs> um, but my problem with this match is there was so like there's so much interference in this. Yeah, uh, from like from- Sammy and Isaiah maybe wrestled for like two minutes, <laughs> and, and Darby and. Matt Hardy got involved. Uh, Matt Hardy and, got involved. And, Andrade's yeah. coming out. And it's like, it's too much. Yeah, I'm a mess. Uh, Jericho um, being there as well uh, on commentary. So there's just, there's so many cross streams of like people who are, um, who are present for this thing. Yeah, you know, I guess I agree. Um, I thought this match was fine. It wasn't my favorite from the show. I think, uh, them they're gonna have an i think it was weird to have this match and then they're like he deserves he had such a good match that he deserves a second shot and so he's gonna wrestle this forbidden door person that's gonna come in this week any let's talk about that any speculation on this forbidden door person that's coming in i've heard a lot of different names floating around the most uh logical one is keith lee and I'd be for fine those with that. Uh, for those that don't know, TK posted a tweet uh, where he said this person that's coming in to fight Isaiah Cassidy is uh, going to be uh, one of them big surprises from the Forbidden Door. Yeah, so. TK needs to shut the fuck up and stop <laughs> saying this shit. This is literally his job, JD, is to get people no, 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 to tune no, no. into the show. So yeah, okay. Well, how many times have he done this, and we got a Christian Cage out of it? <laughs> oh no, I'm not saying this is going to be a good announcement. I'm just saying, like, it's literally his job to. He's a I, politician. He's here to make promises. Sh- you know. Sure. Don't be so hyperbolic, hyperbolic, right? in your tweets and say I'm this is the biggest signing of all time and I'm going to knock the forbidden door wide open and then it's just some Nick Gage. Yeah, sure. I mean like I would say yeah, have better surprises not like come on Twitter and be like tune into the show next week it's going to be okay. <laughs> I mean that's, no, get on Twitter and be, and hype it up but don't, right. he, like he specifically knows like the phrases that are going to trigger people. <laughs> And it's like, okay, dude, you don't have to get people all hyped up and then let down. Like, that's not a good look for your show. Rosa and Mercedes Martinez had a great match. Thunder Rosa. This was her- a weird, a really weird match for me. Yeah. What about it? Um, well, like they've been like shit talking a lot. Yeah. And then they gave them like five minutes. I would have made this the main event personally. Hmm. Um, I like the 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 DQ was good. That's a fun way to do it. Um, but like I the the thing after like I uh, eh, whatever. But like I would have, I don't know. I would have given more time. The match was super cool. I liked the match a, a lot, even though uh, you know, including the the disqualification. I did like I, I liked it and. Uh... And Mercedes Martinez, I think, uh, really looked great out there against Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa wearing 
it looked like a, a cosplay reference gear uh, to me. I don't. But, I yeah, I don't remember. I think uh, that's like like looking through the notes page that we have up. I think that's might be my this might be my criticism of Rampage this week is that they did way too much in a TV time one recorded one hour. I, yeah, I will say that. So this is a one-hour show. It's got one, two, three, four matches on it. Plus three segments. Plus three, three or four segments. Plus three or four segments. It should... Pre- I mean, like, there should kind of be... be kind of a, There should kind of be a mandate for... I mean, uh, we used to see this all the time on Lucha Underground where, like, they would do format shows and it would be like, there's too many matches on the show. Uh, and it should be three and there should be more focus on making sure those three are really good. And this is the case here, which is also a one-hour show, just like uh, Lucha Underground was, where this is a format show and... There's too many matches on the show there. And, I mean, and as a result, you know, it's not to say, oh, too much wrestling on my wrestling show. It's to say, because there's so many matches on the show, they can't give enough time to all of them. And uh, unfortunately, it puts us in a position where some of the matches suffer because of it. And and yeah, I, I guess I would agree that this was one of them. You can do a format show, but you got to get rid of the segments. Sure. Sure. Yeah. You, it's a one, one or the other. You can't just you do a do format both. show if you built it up and you were like, oh, big super card on fucking Friday. Right. And we're not going to do basically any segments on it because just, we have all these matches to get to. Just the Mark Henry thing. And then we're we're out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Star, Starks and, ha- uh, Starks and, and Hobbs and Jay Lethal and all that. It, uh, the main event. Did you enjoy the main event? I enjoyed the main event quite a bit. I was, thought they had a good fun. match. Yeah. Um, like, but it wasn't. You know, it was in part it was too long, but it was a fun match. Sure, and I would say, um, uh, fun match, but uh, you know, another situation where it's like I they haven't done enough to make me believe after all this time that they're gonna put the FTW title on Jay Lethal, um. Under any circumstances. And it was once again a situation where uh, the friend who was watching is like, who do you think is going to win this match? And I'm like, oh, uh, uh, Ricky Starks has no no shot at losing this match, uh, losing the FTW title. Maybe if this feud was more heated other than Jay Lethal appears to be attacking uh, uh, Sammy, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Ricky Starks for no reason other than he doesn't like him. Um, then maybe I would believe that there was like kind of more of a, a chance here, but it was another situation where it was like, I don't, I don't, I don't don't see any of this happening. Yeah. The only conceivable person that's taking the FTW title is like Dante Martin at this point from how they have booked this Dante Martin or Hobbs or cage or whoever, but like they literally hook or hook, right? They don't have, you know, and it's a problem with how they've booked the AEW title or or the FTW title so far is just that in the multiple years it's been on the program now it's only been held by team Taz members so right and they 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 seem like they're hot and cold on the FTW title of right. at sometimes it's important and other times it's just a prop and right. we never talk about it, but that guy has it with him. Um, 
and I think that's kind of the problem. And it's a, a little bit of like what we were talking about with the Black Mist of like you got to commit to it. Sure. If you're gonna make this a thing, make it a thing. Make it have meaning. And if you didn't want to make it have meaning because you were trying to plan other titles or you didn't want too many titles, like okay, that's fine. But you can't just then two months later say this is a thing. People want this belt. Yeah, yeah, that's hard. Uh, but man, you know, I've, I've, a, a pretty decent week for me just held up by uh, a fucking incredible main event on Dynamite that uh, I think uh, will be a match of the year candidate at the end of the year. Uh, I think they really they knocked it out of the park, and it, it was, uh, you know, it's why why we watch. Uh, it was it was a match so good that uh, my brother was like, "Hey, when you finish watching the show." I don't have time to come on the show this week. I really want to, but I, I have a complication when you guys usually record. He's like, but you got to call me and talk to me about this match because, uh, yeah, just watch it. Uh, so I did, and uh, and I was blown away by it. That's my truly elite this week goes to MJF because he's, uh, what a match, man. Yeah, I, I can get behind that. I, my truly elite would probably be... Um... I'm going to go with Mercedes Martinez. She, I think this was her debut match. I'm not 100% sure. It's her re-debut match because I know she was in one of the Battle Royales and then right. went to WWE. But she had a great match with Thunder Rosa. Like We knew it was going to be. And it's very clear there's going to be some more feuding there. And, and she offers something to that division that they don't have really either like everybody else is comparatively so clean, whereas Mercedes Martinez seems like a bad motherfucker. Yeah, um, in a way she that, is like, the, in a way that none of the other people, even like Nyla Rose or whatever, like, just doesn't seem like that. But there's something about the aura that surrounds Mercedes Martinez that is just dark. Yeah, uh, you like, know, like Nyla. Nyla's a scary bitch, but like she's just gonna fuck you up. Right. Mercedes Martinez, if she catches you in a dark alley, she's gonna fuck you up. She's gonna take all your money and she's gonna take your kidney. <laughs> yeah, she's scary, man, and and uh, I think it really, it really uh, will add something to the division to have something like that because I, you know, I want to see what a Mercedes, what a Mercedes Martinez does with this sort of. Um, uh, like mean girl character that Britt Baker is playing right now, you know, where she seems uh, her with a, a, a legitimate scary person like Mercedes Martinez uh, seems like fireworks to me. But I, I mean, I'm looking forward to them and or Mercedes and Jamie Hayter feuding. Yeah, that's going to be a really good match. Yeah, you know, that's super exciting uh moving forward for uh for I think everybody here. But um but yeah, I uh, looking forward to uh what we're doing Wednesday we're at uh Boardwalk Hall in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Um I don't know precisely what they have advertised for next week yet. Texas Deathmatch of Hangman and um What's his face? Lance Archer. Um, Isaiah Cassidy getting destroyed by whatever mystery person it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> by literally whoever it is. A lot of people are saying 
Jay White. Keith Lee. A lot of people are saying Jay White. Some people are saying Jeff Hardy. A lot of people are saying Jeff Hardy. A lot of people are saying Jeff Hardy, which... I don't want Jeff Hardy. It's only a matter of time, but it's just like, can we not <laughs> instead? We just, yeah. Um, <laughs> those are the top three that I've seen. I've seen a couple people say, um, yeah, those are really just the top three. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Maybe it, somebody from Impact, but I can't think of anybody from Impact. Else. Yeah. I think to say, uh, big, uh, big uh, fucking. Uh, I mean, that would be what you were saying, you know, like to 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 hype a big uh, forbidden door thing, and then to and have there's it be moose, moose, <laughs> or even you know, like a Willie Mac or someone. Who, I, I love those guys, but like it's like ah, I think you did them a disservice by indicating that this would be a big uh, a big moment. But you know, it's probably going to be like Jeff Hardy or a Briscoe. That would and be both weird of those to just bring in one of the Briscoes. But, oh, I mean, it's both of them, but only one in the match. But yeah. I, it doesn't matter. It's still a bummer to me. I don't want those racist fucks in AEW. I mean, it wouldn't... There are people that would bum me out. They're one of them, but there are people that would bum me out even more than that. Fucking Jeff Jarrett or some shit. You know? That's likely. <laughs> I feel like... Oh, whack. <laughs> see, that's the thing is like, I, I don't want to see Jeff Jarrett, but I also do want to see Jeff Jarrett before the immediate phone call I'm going to get from my dad just being like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Let's get out of here. Let's wrap it up. Thank you so much for listening to the show this week. YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and podcast services everywhere. Subscribe, review, give us five stars. It makes us feel so sweet. Jonathan, how sweet? Too sweet, buddy. Seeingtheelite.com is for links to everything, including our Discord server. Go check it out. Enjoy the show. It's all there, seeingtheelite.com. Once again, if you want to become one of our best friends, one of our inner circle, you can only do so by subscribing over at Patreon, just $5 a month. Thanks to our patrons, Larry David's Pajamas, Jay, Very Nice, Very Evil, Mac Pryor, Maria Beekman, Grant Baxter, Daniel Lopez, Jonathan Meek, Alan Wiggs, Shane Williams, Kevin Bartlett, Pake Allen, Arian Shifra, a.k.a. The Boozerweights, Michael Vatsa, Sleepy Joe, Jeremy Blackman, Travis Ulrich, Benjamin Thomas, Risby, Andrew Garrett, James Kenimer, Boss Badger, Cody Fague, Peter, Ale Avoth and Keith Kazulno. We're going to get out of here. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. We'll be back next week with another episode of Seeing the Elite, an AEW podcast. Until then, go out and change the world. <laughs> <laughs>